Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Vayikra Ravi, the fourth Aliyah in the Parsha of Vayikra. Our Aliyah is about the topic of the Shlomim, the peace offering. It runs from Perik Gimel Pasuk Aleph to Pasuk Yudzain, which is 17 Pesukim long in total. Let's take a look at the, at the Aliyah inside and then we'll think about some points to ponder. So we were told that in the Im, the, the offering is now not a burnt offering, not a meal offering like we just learned about. It is rather a peace offering. Then it has, a, if, if it comes from the cattle, we have here a few options. We hear an already about a cattle version of it, a kesev version of it, which is the lamb, um, and then an a's version of it, which is a goat. All very similar in terms of the procedure. We have um, the procedure where we have smicha, which is resting their hands on the animal. And it is being slaughtered, the entrance of the, of, the, of the tent of meeting. And then we hear about the different parts that are brought on the altar and the parts that are eaten by the priests and the, and the owners as well. Um, so it's a very intricate description of the different parts that belong where. What is interesting for a few basic points to ponder is the, the, the role of intent, which is very important in our, our understanding here. What is the role of intent? So the Gemara actually learns from the beginning of our alliance of Achim and Avdalad Amar Aleph, a very important rule, and that is, is that because it says, Im zevach shlomim it is a sacrifice of shlomim, of the peace offering, it teaches us that any sacrifice needs to be shechted, needs to be slaughtered, lishma, for the sake of what is being brought. Um, and if it does not have that, it would therefore um, be a detraction in the actual carbon itself. That means to say that it's not simply an action, it is the intention behind the action which is critical for the success of it, which is very important to appreciate. Now, um, a few basics. Why is this offering called a shlamim, a peace offering? So Rashi explains to us, quoting the Gemara, that it is peace between the three shareholders, so to speak, in this experience. The one is the human being who's bringing it, that's the owner. The other one is the coin, the other one is God, so to speak, is part of this. So a piece of the Koran goes to each of the three shareholders. So the owners get a piece, uh, get, get some of the meat, the Kohanim get some of the meat, and the Mizbech, the altar, so to speak, is also consuming some of the meat. And that, therefore, it is something which brings peace between them. This is also a Korban Nadava. This is a, this is a, a voluntary a Korban. It's not something which is obligatory. Um, and we hear the three permutations of it. Before, before going on, it is important to consider, and perhaps this is a good idea to, to, to consider this idea, and that is the value and the, the, the idea of behind carbonos in general, or behind sacrifices in general. What is the point of all these sacrifices? Why are we bringing them? So the Rambam actually in the Morin of Uchim, in the third Chelek in Perek Memvov, describes that the reason is, is because the, the Egyptians, the Chaldeans, all the surrounding people that the nation of Israel were exposed to, were great, were huge pagans. They used to serve all these things. They used to serve the lamb. They used to serve the uh, uh, demons and goats and all kinds of things. And he says, and even today, in the Ramam, it said it in the, you know eight hundred years ago. It's it's true still today. You know, and he says in people in, in in India in Hoidu, people still uh, won't won't sacrifice a cow. They they still worship the cow. So therefore, Hashem says you're going to s- slaughter these three different types of animals, the animals which were the deity of these nations, and that is going to sublimate. Um, and, and, and just make, make it clear to you that you are not serving Avarazari, you're serving a higher power, you're serving Hashem. And this will be the way to correct that, we'll call it intellectual misunderstanding, that, that visceral intellectual understanding. The Ramban 
Nachmanides questions the Rambam on a number of accounts, if this is to be uh, only logic of Karbanos. He says, well, first of all, the Torah said, uh, describes that a carbon is brought as a pleasant aroma. That sounds like it's actually doing something inherently, not just simply as a modification on what was the service of other nations. Another thing is you see other people who brought Karbanos, who brought sacrifices before there was Avodah in the world, as an example, Hevel. When, when the, the, you know, the second generation human being before Avodah actually existed, because um, paganism started the third generation of humanity, but the second generation, Hevel brought a Karban. And that, Hashem seemed to be very pleased about that, and there was something that he was obviously achieving. Later on, when Noach left the Teva, he brought out Karbanos, and there was no Avodah because the whole world had been wiped out for serving pagan, uh, pagan and, and, uh, deities is one of the issues. Um, another example is that Bilam seemed to bring Karbanos to Hashem, and it seemed to be for a positive purpose. Um, another other questions that we can ask over here is is that we we pray for the restoration of the service of Hashem. So what about in the era when there is no longer Avodah like today, when people are not running after Avodah We no longer need that lesson quite as as as, as succinctly. And is there a place for Karbanos? These are the questions the Ramban asks on the Rambam. So in defense of the Rambam, what is the Rambam actually saying? It's worthwhile noting that the the source of this Rambam actually is a Medrash. The Medrash describes this itself, and so this is not. This is not necessarily the Rambam making this up. This is the Rambam focusing on this particular Medrash. The Medrash says, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is the name of Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair, where it says that Hashem says, Let the nation of Israel bring their sacrifices at all times to me, but oil moed in the tent of meeting. And, they, and by doing so, they will be separated from the Avodah Zarah. So it sounds like the Rambam is actually based on this Medrash, not the Rambam inventing this idea. So the question is, how do we contextualize this idea? So the first thing that's important to remember as well here is that if you read the Rambam at the end of Hilchos Me'ila at Perikhes, Halachaches, the Rambam says the following statements. This is the same Rambam, just in a different book. This is what's called his Yadah Chazaka, his Mishnah Torah. His Halachic Convenium, he says, All sacrifices are statutes. The world is suspended and, and is able to continue existing because of the Karbonus. By doing such, the people are, uh, will uh, have attributed to, or be able to access the world to come. The Torah um, advances the command on these chukim. And he says, this is very, that's why the Torah places so much emphasis on these karbonas. So it sounds like the Rambam is, is admitting that it's not simply just to avoid pagan service. So clearly the Rambam understands that there's multiple meridians running through karbonas as well. Um, also, the Mishnah points out that perhaps the Karbanos that, that the Ramam is referring to over here might be re- referring to the sacrifices brought on Bamos. What's a Bama? A Bama is an altar, so which is used, a backyard altar, which was used by the nation of Israel when the Mishkan was not in service, during the period when the Mishkan was destroyed, till the period that the base of Migdash was established. And people would sacrifice to Hashem on these backyard, ba- backyard Bamos. It was clearly not the preferable way. Hashem does not want service and convenience in our own homes. That's not the way that God wanted things. He wanted us to come to, to a, a congregation point, the base of Migdash. I mean, today's day, a shul, a place where people come together, not just serving on their own terms in their own space. Um, but nonetheless, during the times that people had this, which was outlawed once the base of Migdash was made, even though people disobeyed it because of convenience for many, many years during the times of the base of Migdash, but um, during that time, perhaps the, the karbonas brought on those altars was to avoid, as the Rambam says, um, the idea of pagan worship. But the, when you're coming to the base of Megdash itself, then it had an intrinsic value, not just simply a contingent value. 
The Ramban has a different way of looking at this. And that is the Ramban, after arguing on the Ramban for all these questions, says that the reason why we bring our sacrifices is because when a person sins, they really, in a certain sense, they do have, they have dented, they have, they have um, brought a, a, a stain upon their soul. And in order to change that, it's not good enough just to give a lot of stock and be a nice person. Um, a person really needs to actually take away that, that, that stain. And the only way they can really do that is either through, God forbid, suffering, or they will bring a korban as part of the process of, uh, of kapara, and they see this animal, live being, which is, ba- which is going to be taken to the, the Mizbech, and they do smicha, they put their hands on it, and they admit their sins, and then it's slaughtered in front of their eyes, and they see its life ebbing away right in front of them, and there's this, this vicarious expression of what really should be happening to them, spiritually speaking, and it, it, sh- it should send, at least not to the callous people in society, but to most sensitive or, or average people, the message that, they, that th- there's something which they did which is wrong and they're going to change their world. In, in, in psychology, it's like grounded cognition. Their experience is no longer just talking. It's not just speech. It's now speech which is anchored in a very, very sig- significant action, and that's supposed to change the person as well which is a very, very powerful idea. Um, the Ramban does add which is in the Kabbalistic way of understanding this, that um, the Korban is all dedicated in the Shema Vaya, which is the name of Hashem, which is the Yud, the Hey, and then a, um, a Vav, and then a Hey. Um, and Kabbalistically, he says the Korban is the greatest expression of self-sublimation to the total power of Hashem, not just a force of Hashem in this world, but to Hashem himself. The Chinuch gives a different perspective, the Sefer Achinuch, and he says that really it's coming back to the idea which he talks about multiple times in his treatise, which is the idea of Achare that in order for us to have any change in our lives, it's not enough to think about things, we need to act, behavioral psychology. In order to, to concretize an idea, we need to do the idea, and therefore that's why Korbanos are brought, is to concretize ideas. Finally, Rav Hertz, Rav Hertz was the chief rabbi of England, and he has a commentary on the Chumash. Most of these Chumashim used to be in most shuls for many, many years before Art Scroll Stone Chumash came around. That those blue, older Chumashim, and he has essays on different topics in the back of every sefer. And, and by Vayikri has an essay on Karbonus, and he makes a very interesting point where he says that the Karbonus perhaps are, to quote his words, the sacrificial ordinances prove that God is with the persecuted. Cattle are chased by lions, goats by panthers, sheep by wolves. But God commanded, not them that persecute, but them that are persecuted, offer ye up to me. Meaning to say that Akash Baruch Hu is talking about the, the polemic of the underdog versus the powerful, the ideas of the domesticated versus the wild, and that's part of what's going on in the carbon service as well. A little bit of a background to the general notion of carbon. So this we conclude. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.